One, prepare. We're not prepared. Check that off the list. Take Tuesday's over. Not happening. Welcome to the best kind of worst. No, no one fucking cares. Everyone cares. Who? I care. Dick suck. So there I am in the parking lot, underwear and a guinea. Hang out in the backseat of a 7-Eleven. It's an ammo! We might die. So you want to talk about those lesbians? We need a bay update. I slept on the fucking tile! Episode 54, 54, I think, 54, 53, I think it's 54, solo this week, uh, Oli is <clears throat> in Hungary, in Hungary, I think, I think it's Hungary, he's on location filming some Red Bull things, doing what he does best, I'm just here studying. We are super late on this episode. It's going to drop probably on a Friday as I'm recording this morning. So hopefully I'll get it out by this afternoon. Be a little Friday special. Uh, we had the holidays. Uh, my life has been an unmitigated disaster the last week and a half. So yeah, we're just uh, we're behind on everything. And when I say we're, I just speaking of me. How are y'all doing? How are y'all doing? It's a good question. Let's just get right in on. Let's just. Uh, there's really no catching up to do. Like I said, unmitigated disaster. So let's just uh, let's just get into it. I always uh, when I do these solo ones, I always go, oh, it's gonna be a quick one, and then it ends up being the exact amount of time usually that the rest of them are. Sometimes even longer. I just get lost. But uh, yeah, we'll try to get this one. Uh, Try to do this one real quick. Let's get caught up on what do we miss in the sports world. Shout out to the women's national soccer team on their uh, on their World Cup victory. They just smashed teams. I think uh, England gave them probably the most the most trouble. England's got one of the best uh, midfield defenses, and uh, well. Midfield defense and attacking game. Uh, U.S. women's team had really had to play a defensive game uh, during that match. I think that was a semifinal <clears throat> match. That's difficult for them. Uh, that's probably the if you had to pick one of the weakest parts of their game, it'd probably be uh, defense. And that's we're saying weak, but still, you know, world class defense. It's just there are teams out there that are better than them in that category. 
<clears throat> but yeah, shout out to them, World Cup champions. Didn't like uh, didn't like the one player that dropped the flag as she was posing for the camera at the end. That was kind of so disrespectful, and they're kind of kind of a controversial team. A lot of people are saying they're the greatest uh, national team we have, and that, that might be. Just drinking a little bang here, trying to get juiced up for the day. I don't disagree with they're They're the best uh, national team we have. Best team in the U.S., though? Are you the Patriots? I don't know about all that. Um, they're they're wonderful, though. They're they're light years ahead of the men's team. And that just goes to show the, the stark contrast of soccer universally, or, or I guess worldwide. Um, men's soccer is dominated by the European, the Spanish leagues. You know, the, they, those training facilities that they have. Um, <clears throat> overseas, this just hasn't translated well enough over into the U.S. You know, we have our training facilities here. We The collegiate game is pretty competitive, but it is not the level that is the training facilities um, overseas. You see that with Christian Pulisic. Pulisic, Pulisic. He's probably the, you know, the most widely known currently uh, American player and. He spent a lot of his time in uh, in Germany at a uh, Bo Dortmund, Bo something. I can't think of their name. My my favorite team is Bayern. So if you're not Bayern Munich, go to hell. Um, he's probably one of our the most polarizing uh, male soccer athletes that came out of the U.S. And he, like I said, he spent most of his time overseas in Germany training. So that's where he honed his craft. And then you look at the women's uh, international soccer, and it's dominated mostly by the U.S. Um, the the U.S. national, the U.S.N.L. What is the U.S. Uh, what is the women? I think it's the U.S.W.L. U.S.W. U.S. I should know this. Uh, United States Women's Soccer League. In, United Soccer Women's League. Oh yeah, just be fuck, just be stupid, just be stupid. Yeah, we'll just sit here. The National Women's Soccer League, the NWSL. Is that it? We're just gonna bring this whole podcast to a screeching halt as I as I think. Yeah, let's bring it to a fucking just standstill. Yeah. The National Women's Soccer League. Most of the world's top athletes in terms of female soccer, they they play for the the NWSL, you know, Samantha Kerr from Australia. Christine Sinclair from Canada, you know, Alex Morgan's disrespectful, didn't put your phone on silent, Megan Rapinoe, Carly Lloyd, they all play there, and that's, that's the, that's the difference, there's athletes, you know, big star athletes that end up coming to the MLS, end up coming here at the backside of their careers to make a, make a, make a, a quick buck, I mean, David Beckham did it, um, Kaka's done it, I think he plays for Orlando City, I'm not sure if he still plays for them, but that's just the difference here. Here in the U.S., the women's, um, the women's league is, you know, 
top of the food chain. The MLS isn't. It just isn't. And I, I think that has to do a lot of, with, you know, female rights and the, uh, the rights afforded to females here in the U.S. You know, we like to think that the U.S. is this horrible place sometimes. And, you know, when you really break down the whole landscape of it and you go, eh, well, not so much. There's a reason why we dominate a lot of those, a lot of those women's sports. Uh, the biggest thing was the out of the World Cup. I mean, out, aside from the wonderful matches, was the underlying <coughs> worldwide question of equal pay. Equal pay. It's tough. It is very tough. Um, Megan Rapinoe, who uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago, Oli Oli was full hot on her about her her unwillingness to uh, put her hand over her chest for the national anthem. Um, she said uh, pretty much exactly the reason why the, there's a, such a pay discrepancy in terms of female professional soccer players and males domestically. Uh, I'll get into the international numbers, but when you look at domestic, MLS versus the nationals, Jesus Christ, I just looked it up, the NWSL. When you're talking about the MLS versus the NWSL, it's it 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 just it's it's support. And then I, finally, Megan Rapinoe said something that really was right. Let's see if I can key it up here. Maybe, maybe not. Probably not. I'll just sit. In the moments immediately following the final whistle, you get that USA, USA chant, but equal pay, equal pay along that same cadence. Yeah. I think fans want to know what they can do to support that fight. Fans can come to games. Um, obviously, the national team games will be a, a hot ticket, um, but we have nine teams in the NWSL. You can go to your league games. Um, you can support that way. You can, um, you know, buy players jerseys. You can lend your support in that way. You can tell your friends about it. You can become season ticket holders. Um, I think in terms of, of that, that's the, the easiest way for, for fans to get involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's spot on. Uh, when, we're, when we're looking at domestic numbers, I mean, that's just it. It's just the support. Um, it, it, the MLS is just supported more. It's watched more. They have a better TV contract. And that's the same thing that goes for the, the women's basketball league. I've been trying to get female basketball uh, women, uh, female basketball, female professional, ah, female professional basketball players to be paid higher, but it just, it, it's, it's TV contracts and the amount of revenue that the league makes. Um, now, when you look at the international numbers of the inequality in the pay, um, there's really not. And then that, it's really odd for me to say that, um, but they're actually they actually get a higher percentage of the lion's share. So the U.S. women beat Japan to capture the World Cup in Vancouver uh, four years ago. Uh, this was pointed out uh, by Dwight Jaynes. There's a big difference in revenue available to pay the teams. The women's World Cup brought in almost seventy-three million of which the players got 13%. The 2010 Men's World Cup in South Africa made almost $4 billion, of which 9% went to the players. The men still pull the World Cup money wagon, 
The Men's World Cup in Russia generated over $6 billion in revenue, with the participating teams sharing $400 million, which comes to about a, a little less than 7% of the overall revenue. Meanwhile, the Women's World Cup is expected, the Women's World Cup that just wrapped up, is expected to earn $131 million for the full four-year cycle from 2019 to 22, and they're going to dole out about $30 million to the participating teams, which would come out to about 13, again, about... Uh, uh, about 13% again, 3, 6, 9, 12, yeah, somewhere around uh, 12.5%. So that's the weird thing. Yeah, they're, they're not paid as, as, as much as the men, but they are getting a higher percentage of the overall pot. And again, that just goes back to TV contracts, the amount of people watching. You see in the media uh, the last like two weeks, you see a lot of the athletes, NFL, NBA coming out, a lot of politicians coming out, rallying for equal pay. But what they don't understand is that after this week, the average person's not going to watch female soccer. And that's the reality, and that's unfortunate. I tend to watch it year-round. When it's on, I'll, I'll keep it on. The women's, women's uh, I think, did I just say hockey? Women's soccer is super competitive, super technical. These women are world-class. But it just comes back down to the numbers. <clears throat> and in terms of the national team here in the U.S., women's and men's there is a total of 12 professional soccer players on the national team that have a an annual contract of more than a million dollars six males and six females so it is right down the middle the highest paid male i believe and they didn't say the name but it was 1.4 annually 1.4 million annually highest paid female was 1.2 so the numbers are very 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 close so this is this is like this is the trap that we get into with equal pay. We have to break down the numbers. You have to break down the numbers. You know Jordan Peterson, you know people got real mad at him for, you know, trying to bring psychology into the into the mix, you know, do men demand raises more? Are they more aggressive? You know, these are all factors we have to look at. We can't just say blanketly this gender is paid more than this gender. I mean, Google did a did a two year, uh, two or three year long research of their of you know the the gender inequality and found that uh, women were making more and that they owed men back wages. So <clears throat> there are a lot of instances where women are paid less, and and it's and it's super unfortunate it shouldn't happen. But we have to look at the grand scheme. We have to break it down into numbers. We just can't give out blanket statements like this. This group is paid less than this group. It's a it's a dangerous thing, you know. So, yeah, that's my my take on the the, the underlying uh, tone for most of it. Because I, I when when they finally won, there was a big uh, f Trump chant, I believe, in the crowd, and then then, then it switched to e equal pay. <coughs> I'm all for equal pay. I think. I think it's very, very important, but we have to break down the numbers. And men's soccer is, I mean, 131 compared to $6 billion. That is That is a drastic difference. It's a drastic difference. And, and men are getting, uh, you know, 7%, which is egregious to me. It's egregious to me that, that you know, the World Cup brings in $6 billion and the, men, and the, 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 the team splits 7% of the pot. It, it makes me mad that the women are going to split, you know, 13%. They, they, it, it should be higher than that. It should be absolutely higher than that. Um, and another story about the women's team that really isn't getting um, a lot of headlines is 
a player, a female player by the name of Jelena Hinkley, 26 years old. She's been called by many as the top left defender in the U.S. game. Many consider her to be the top left defender in the world. And she was left off of the national team, and she has been for quite some time. Many people dubbed the... Um, the women's national team as a, an, a, quote, activist team. They stand for a lot of <clears throat> social issues. Hey, when you get the platform, do it. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I might think differently, but I think everybody's voice should be heard. But this woman, this professional athlete, Jelena Hin- Hinckley, uh, is a devout Christian and um in 2007, I'm sorry, 2007, Jesus Christ, not in 2007, 2017, the women's team wore special jersey celebrating Gay Pride Month uh, for two international matches. Hinckley declined to play because of her Christian views, obviously. She said on the 700 Club, quote, I just felt so convinced in my spirit that it wasn't my job to wear this jersey. I gave myself three days to just seek and pray and determine what God was asking me to do in this situation. Soon after the interview, when her North Carolina Courage, an NSWL team, uh, her home team in the U.S., played against Portland Thorns in Portland, Oregon, fans waving rainbow flags booed Hinckley. Hinckley was, uh, quote, the Washington Times, quote, Hinckley was not played for the national team uh, since she was left off the World Cup roster, uh, Coach Jill Ellis told reporters the decision was solely based on soccer. An explanation greeted with widespread skepticism. You know, if you're if you're regarded as the top defender, how are you left off of a World Cup team? It just doesn't make any sense. And you can't say solely based on soccer. You know, that just doesn't that doesn't hold any merit. So the question, the looming question is, was her, uh, was the decision to leave her off the World Cup team due to her views um, on gay marriage and gay rights? And it seems to be that, you know, her religious beliefs don't clash with the U.S.'s, quote, activism, and that she was left off seemingly because of that. And I think that is, uh, I think that's so wrong. I think that's so wrong. Uh, John Stone Street, president of the Colson Center for Christian Worldwide View in Colorado Springs, told the Washington Times, quote, you do have a very activist team. It's very much part of the program. And if we're talking about just any player, it wouldn't be really clear. But just because of her abilities, Jelena Hinckley is a heck of a player, and it makes much more, it makes it much more suspect. We know that increasingly there is going to have to be conformity on your viewpoints to be able to participate. I think that's inevitable. We use the phrase the theology of being fired in this case. It's the theology of being cut. You know, if you're having, if you're going to have an activist team and you're going to be a lot of, you're going to be arguing for social justice and social uh, thoughts and views and, and your political views, and we want you know they they throw the word around equality. A lot of the social justice warriors, a lot of social justice people throw around the word equality. But it's equality in, in, in terms of their mindset. You know, I, look, everybody should be allowed to get married 
Um, I think Ben Shapiro's take on, on, on marriage was great on Joe Rogan his last time he's on there. He's against all marriages now. Why, why should the government have anything to do with who I want to live the rest, you know, spend the rest of my life with? And I think that's a, I think that's fantastic. His marriage certificate from the government is sitting in his, he said in his attic or his garage. I can't remember which one it was, you know, his marriage certificate from, uh, his pastor, whatever you call, uh, the, the priest for, for Judaism, that's what's hanging on his wall. Well, why should the government tell us who, who we can and can't marry, right? And I, I think that's a fantastic point. Um, but if you're talking equality, then she should have the right to not be okay with it. It's not like she's going around saying she hates gays or she's against gay marriage. She just, she's not going to wear the pride flag on a jersey. She's not gonna. She's not gonna outwardly support it because she can't. That's her religious views, and she should have the right to view those things, to 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 be able to express those feelings like that. And it shouldn't be. Uh, it shouldn't. It shouldn't. It shouldn't harm her. It shouldn't cause her to be left off of a national team. And that, again, that's where we get all mucked up. We want equality, but we want equality in 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 the in, in terms of how I see equality. You're wrong. You know, yeah. You know, I believe gay should you should be allowed to be married. I believe this. If you don't, you're wrong, and that's not that's not the way it is. Now, now, if they're just don't believe in it because you know they just hate gays, that's just homophobia, right? But if it's a religious viewpoint, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see the problem in it, especially when you're being very peaceful about it. You know, we want equality, then we have to give everyone, every person, equal rights. And if you are arguably the one of the best defenders in the world and you're left off of a World Cup team, well, what the hell do you think people are going to think? You know, that's unfortunate. You know, we, we, we want a lot of people are putting this team as, you know, the biggest thing. And, and, and I'm sorry, this is the reality. In a week, no one's going to be watching, you know, the average person's not going to be watching female soccer. Only the diehard fans. And that's a problem. Everybody needs to be watching and everyone needs to be supporting it. And I say everyone, I mean people that enjoy soccer. If you enjoy men's soccer, then you enjoy you, you will enjoy women's soccer. I hate when people go, oh, I only watch men's soccer. I can't watch the, the female soccer. It's just, it's just not competitive enough. Female basketball is just not competitive enough. You're dead wrong. That means you just haven't watched it. Right? But <clears throat> being such an activist team for, quote, equality, you're really you 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 failed in this category. Oh man. Let's see what else we got. Oh, the NBA. The NBA has gone berserk. Let's just get some sports out of the way since we're on it. NBA free agency opened up. Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving headed to the Brooklyn Nets, not the Knicks. The Nets. Fuck yeah. Fuck the Knicks. Also, Bang, Bang Energy, that's what I'm drinking today. Rainbow Unicorn flavor. This is probably my least favorite. Um, let's, let's just discontinue that flavor. I don't even know what that meant. And that's that's only the reason why I bought it. I said, well, what the hell does a rainbow unicorn taste like? And honestly, I kind of see what they're saying in the flavor, but it is not that great. It's okay. It's okay. 
Uh, Jimmy Butler taking his talents to South Beach. He's going to Miami. That makes no sense to me. Uh, Jimmy Butler wanted to be the man. The man. You know, he didn't want to share the limelight. He's very... He's a controversial player only because... When he was in Chicago, he actually yelled at his coach for not being hard enough on him. So I love that. Very honest player. I respect the shit out of him. People, people are, oh, he's a controversial. Eh, he's just, he's just very critical of himself, and he's very self-aware. And people misconstrue that as him being an asshole. But um, I think the best decision for him would have been to stay in Philadelphia. But he chose to, you know, go to Miami, where he wants to be the focal point. Um, so I mean, I get it, but he had a much better. Uh, he had a much better, um, I think he had a much better uh, team in Philadelphia. Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, staying with the Milwaukee Bucks. Kawhi Leonard, shocking the world, just stringing along the Lakers. I fucking love that as a Celtics fan. I love when the Lakers get fucked. And uh, Kawhi Leonard, just stringing them along, stringing them along, stringing them along. It's down to Toronto, L.A. It's down to the L.A. Lakers and Clippers. And then at the last minute, he's like, hey, we're going to go play for the Clippers. And along with it, by buying himself time, they end up trading. The Clippers trade for Paul George, who I think is one of the top players in the league. So, I mean, they gave up a lot for him, but, you know, that was that was it, that seems if you read through the lines, that was the demand. If you can get George, I'll sign with you. And I don't think he wanted all the hoopla with L.A. He liked, I think he liked Toronto. But, uh, you know, they asked him, do you, ever, did you, do you know, have you bought a home in Toronto? No, he hasn't. Um, I think that's just the place where they got the best trade value. And, and, and I think he ultimately always wanted to go to L.A., but I don't think he wanted to deal with the organization. I mean, He's very, very, he's a very discreet player. He's a very private player. So when he asked to meet with Magic Johnson, I think he assumed that it was going to be, hey, I want to meet with you. I want to talk to you about all the issues you had with the organization after you left as being president. You know, and let's just, let's just not talk, let's not, let's not, you know, talk about this publicly. And what does Magic do? He, he immediately tweets at it. He immediately tweets that they had a meeting and all this. So I think, I think that he lost faith in L.A., and I think uh, he's very big on the medical team, you know, especially after the Spurs. I mean, he basically he basically made his injury bigger than what it was and sat out a year, which I think is I think is wrong. Um, but he's real big on he's real critical of the medical team, and it's it's not, and this blows my mind. It's not uncommon for superstar players in the NBA to actually bring in uh, doctors or trainers that they are comfortable with, and the team will actually hire them. LeBron did it in L.A. Um, he did it in Cleveland when he came back the second time. So that's a very strange one for me. But nonetheless, um, <clears throat> it, it looked like he just lost faith in the front office in terms of keeping things private. And he was a little skeptical of their medical team. So he's going to the L.A. Clippers with Paul George. This morning, uh, we just got a – it just broke that Russell Westbrook is on his way to the Rockets. So it'll be him and Harden. It was Russell – was traded for uh, Chris Paul, and then it looks like Oklahoma City will move Chris Paul here probably today or tomorrow. Oklahoma City's, for, for, for hitting the button on a full reset, they have draft picks out the ass. They have basically two draft picks with in every in every round, I'm sorry, in the, in the first round of every draft up until like 2024. 
and they got like three in 2026. They got a ton of draft picks, so they're going to do all right. New York Knicks, they're floundering. Uh, the Celtics, they were able to get uh, Kemba Walker. Uh, Number-wise, they were very, very similar to Kyrie, and I think he'll be a better leader. Uh, That was pretty much the big stuff. Yeah, I think that was the biggest ones. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see where... um, Chris Paul lands up. See, I, I thought um, I thought Westbrook would have played great in Detroit. Um, I thought Detroit would be the place where he would go, but it was not the case. He ended up going to uh, Houston. I mean, him and him and him and uh, Harden are going to be a great one-two punch. They played together in uh, Oklahoma City. So, shout out David Ortiz uh, having a third surgery after some complications. So we're hoping, uh, sending our thoughts and prayers to his family. Um, hoping they can get him uh, all patched up and, and good to go. Ooh, Roger Federer over Nadal going to the finals in Wimbledon. Wimbledon tennis tournament. They still make the players wear all white, and I don't, I don't. I don't get that. I don't get that. It's like an elitist thing. I'm not a big fan of it. Um, MLB, the Home Run Derby, man, what a show that was. I didn't really watch any of it, to be honest with you, but I, I did catch some clips of it. What a show that was. Uh, they re- they've been, uh, for about three or four years, they kept retooling the Home Run Derby, retooling the Home Run Derby. And, uh, man, what a show. What a show. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. and Jock Peterson put on. Required three tiebreaker rounds. Guerrero held on to win 40 home runs to 39. Just a just a massive showing. That must have been cool for the fans. It's got to be cool to be one of the uh, one of those things, especially when Vlad Guerrero hits a record 29 home runs in the first round and then 40 in the second round. You know, going into the finals, hitting already hit 69 home runs. It's crazy. Um, but it was eventually won. The finals was uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. versus Pete Alonzo. Pistol, Pistol Pete Alonzo from Tampa, Florida. Shout out, kid. Pistol Pete pulls out the victory uh, from uh, from the New York Mets. So, little Tampa, Florida boy, 24 years old. Shout out. wonder where he went to high school. Who knows? Probably a plant. If I had to guess, it was plant. I could always look it up, right? Let's see. Uh. Ooh! He spent uh, his first two years at Jesuit High School and uh, then transferred to Plant. Called it. You got it. Uh, Little South Tampa kid. Good for him, man. Oh, let's get to some news. Let's get to some news. Um, so, uh, last week, I know we didn't talk about the, uh, I didn't feel like talking about the Betsy Ross Nike shoe debacle, but I'm not even sure that the, the report was out when we recorded. I honestly don't remember. I'm, I'm so fucking stupid sometimes all the time. Um, mostly just stupid. Um, but Nike was set to, uh, set to 
unvi- uh, well set to release a American uh, red, white, and blue Nike shoe with uh, the Betsy Ross flag. Betsy Ross flag was was one of the first iterations of the American flag. It had a circle with thirteen stars symbolizing the thirteen original colonies. And um, Colin Kaepernick reached out to Nike because uh, they have a, 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 a massive sponsorship deal with him. And he expressed his concern over the shoe being, uh, you know, a symbolism of racism because Bet- the Betsy Ross flag was uh, around during uh, times of slavery. And Nike decided to pull the shoe. They weren't going to release it. They canceled an American flag style shoe. Quote, they canceled an American flag style shoe behest of famed national anthem kneeler, former NFL quarterback Colin Kaepernick, who uh, apparently found the patriotic shoe, which showcased the Betsy Ross flag, racially offensive. <coughs> the flag was small. It was on the heel and the back side of the sneaker. Uh, the flag, quote, a design created during the American Revolution and commonly referred to as the Betsy Ross flag. Notably, the supposedly racist uh, revolutionary flag was flown during uh, the inauguration of former President Barack Obama. Uh, the second inauguration, uh, the inauguration for Obama's second term, sported on the each side uh, two, one on each side, Betsy Ross flags. The move sparked backlash from big-name conservatives, of course, including Senator Ted Cruz, who called for a boycott. Look, Ted, every time Nike does something, you immediately call for boycott. You don't look like the person that's wearing Nike every day, so stop it. Uh, Arizona Governor, this was the big one, Arizona Governor Doug Ducey, a Republican, also announced he'd be withdrawing financial incentives promised to Nike. They uh, they were going to open up a, a facility there. He offered financial incentives to the tune of about, like I, think, I believe the number was $150 million dollars. And he has pulled that entire plan, so there will not be any factory uh in Arizona, and I have a real issue with with <clears throat> with us calling things of our history racist. I, I understand like like things like the Confederate flag. I get. Um, I, I I I can understand where people come with that. That was the flag flown by the South. I get it, but things like a national flag, you know, symbolic of an American Revolution, where we vied for independence from. England, I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand that. I don't. I'm not sure I ever will. Um, I, 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 Oli and I discussed this at the at the gym the other day. Yeah, you know, just stakes and weights and talking real world issues. You know, where everyone else is just talking about what protein powder they ingest and how many steroids they're gonna do this weekend. Um. You know, I, we both kind of had the same thought. Uh, we we both watched this show, um, The Man in the High Castle on Amazon. Wonderful show. Wonderful show. Wonderful show. Get out there and watch it. But in the third season, spoiler, um, they decide to revert to year zero, where they erase history without I'm trying to give you the synopsis of this without spoiling that why or how or but they end up going, they end up calling this, they, they do like a celebration and they call it year zero. And they erase history. And I feel like we're verging on that. Now, of course, not on the large scale where we just turn back the clock. I, that's, that's fictitious, right? 
But if we keep walking back on history, we're, we will systematically begin to just tear chunks of our history out. And I don't think that's, that, that serves any purpose. I don't think that helps the cause. I don't believe that helps anything. I believe that makes people even more bitter. I think that causes more social divide, more divisiveness. Um, you know, if, if, if we start looking at things like the Betsy Ross flag as, as a symbol of racism or, or a symbol of racial offensiveness, then, you know, is Abraham Lincoln a racist because he gave reparations to the slave owners for, you know, abolishing slavery? Abraham Lincoln gave uh, $200 to every slave, per slave to every slave owner after he abolished slavery. Lyndon B. Johnson, you know, he, he is touted as the man that signed the Civil Rights Bill. And, hey, respect. But he was a frequent user of the N-word. It was part of his actual everyday vernacular. There's reports that, that Martin Luther King, uh, you know, was an, a known rapist, sexual predator. Of course, none of this, you know, that, that, that you know, he's passed and he's a beacon of light for many people. And I think what he did was outstanding. But if we look at these things, I mean, do we just delete everyone? I mean, I mean Thomas Edison, slave owner, probably, right? George Washington was a known slave owner, first president. I mean, do we just remove him out of the history book? I, I, you know, Kamala Harris, you know, I talked about her last week. She stood up there and called Joe Biden. I, I, Joe, I know you're not racist, but you're racist, right? Well, it just came out that one of her grandparents was a slave owner. So now, now is she no longer allowed to run for president? I mean, she just called a white man a racist, right? But yet, her family, her family owns slaves. Does that make her a terrible person? No, it doesn't. You know, we can't walk back on these things. Um, and I think, surprisingly, uh, y'all know it from Dirty Jobs, Mike Rowe, I think he had a fantastic take on this. <clears throat> we can't deny Colin, quote, we can't deny Colin Kaepernick's right to speak his mind, but we shouldn't ignore the flaws in his thinking. I 100% I agree. As much as I don't believe in a lot of things that Colin Kaepernick says, I believe he has the right to say them, and I think he has the right to express his feelings. Um, kneeling for the American flag, I think, is, 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 is horrid. I, don't I, I do not believe in that. But if you want to get on and you want to, you want to look, my, like I said this many, 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 many episodes ago, he, kneeling for the American flag while on national television is very convenient. It's very easy. Is he going and is he actually protesting? Is he actually standing up for people? And that's where I have a disconnect with Colin Kaepernick. He is not doing any of those things because he's not equipped to handle those things. He's not well versed in actual social issues. It's very simple when the cameras are on you to take a knee. It's different. When you actually go and you actually speak and you actually protest. I like actions. And I don't think Colin Kaepernick has shown that. I think he's just doing it to boast his own name. I think it's a very selfish act. And I think a, a few players that jumped in on this got tied into this and realized, ah, oh, this isn't the great, you know, eh, are we really doing this for the right thing? And I don't think they, I think they realized that he probably wasn't. 
And Nike giving into this is, is completely egregious. But you know, Mike Rowe continued. Quote, he has argued that the Betsy Ross flag is racist because it flew at a time when slavery was legal in America. By that definition, aren't we, aren't crosses are also racist? By that definition, aren't crosses also racist? I think he just wrote that wrong. Weren't they on churches attended by slave-owning congregants? Why not demand their removal? What about the bald eagle? Wasn't our national bird flying around when slaves were held? Why not protest it as well? What about the great seal? E pluribus unum. The liberty bell. It rang countless times while slavery was still law of the land. Why not demand its removal? Again, I, I, I cannot agree more. This is, this is the problem. We start walking back on things. Where do, where do we stop? Because this establishes a precedent. And now the precedent is, if one person believes that this is offensive to them, well, that's it. Throw it out. Rowe continued, quote, Kaepernick's argument is unpersuasive, not because it's unpopular or unpatriotic. It's unpersuasive because it's completely void of logic. Rowe said he is proud to stand for the flag we fly today, praising America's revolt from, uh, from Britain. Quote, I'm tempted on this day to remind you that there's nothing inherently dangerous about a sneaker company currying favor with a woke athlete or fellow citizens complaining of, about displays of patriotism and military right. On the other hand, I think Ronald Reagan was right when he said we're always one generation away from losing the freedoms we currently enjoy. Along with the, along with the siren song of socialism, the persistent promise of free stuff, and the breathtaking level of censorship on our college campuses, I worry about the growing belief among many that we can somehow improve our present by erasing our past, by toppling statues, outlawing problematic symbols, or rewriting specific pieces of our history in ways that leave us feeling less offended. And he finished uh, with, quote, People sleep peacefully in, uh, I'm sorry, people sleep peaceably in their beds at night only because rough men stand ready to do violence on their behalf. I, 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 I my hat, I take my hat off to you, Micro. That is a fantastic statement, and I believe it sums up everything that I was trying to uh, illogically say most of the time because I just ramble, but. I think that's well thought out. We, we, we cannot erase history. It is our history. Whether it's right or wrong, it is our history. And it's important that we learn from history. Because we have a, we have a as a society, we have this, 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 this it's like a circle, you know? We, we, just, we just walk in a circle a lot. And a lot of times history repeats itself, right? So it's, it's, not, it's not in good practice to repeal or remove or, or redact history. We need that as a, as a template of what not to do or what to do. This worked, this didn't. Well, let's not do this again, but let's keep this. And without that, we don't move forward. We don't move forward. And that's the whole point, is to continually evolve, the, continual, the continuation of evolution, to evolve as people together, not, 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 not red, not blue, not Republican, not Democrat, none of that. To move together, move forward together. 
And we don't do that if we're just ripping pages out of the history book. We've done some awful things as a country. You know, there's things that are taught in our, that are not taught in our history book that I believe should be. Because it shows that we are, we can be vile. The war of the Philippines, where we, where we, we did exactly what Britain did to us. We went into the Philippines and we colonized them for four or five years. That's not taught in our history books because it, it, it shows the U.S. in a bad light. Why? Why? We don't always get it right. And a lot of times, we start off being dead wrong. But, that, but that's why it's important. It's important to learn from those things. So, you know, this, this Nike thing, I, I, it's a precedent, and it's a dangerous one. It's a dangerous one. And Nike, Nike should, on some level, be ashamed that they allowed this to occur. Because one person opens their mouth, and then a group of people think, and they go, well, maybe that is. Maybe that is racist. Not so much. I don't think it is. Oh, man. Let's stay on this, uh, this topic. Um, shit. There is a, <coughs> there's a Detroit music festival going on. And I'm not sure when it is. Um, I'm not sure when it is, but it is, it's, it's coming up. Uh, but shout out to this, uh, this young, uh, mixed race rapper, biracial female rapper, Jillian Graham, also known as Tiny Jag. Shout out to her. So she signed on to this music festival called Afro Future Fest 2019. She signed on and then found out that the organizers of the event were going to charge Anybody, any person of color or ethnicity, $10 admission, I'm sorry, $20 admission, but anybody that was white, $40. So if you were white, you were paying double the admission price. Um, And there's a report that some of the, they were called POC tickets, persons of color, and then non-POC tickets. Uh, There's a report that some of the POC tickets were actually given out for free. Um, but Tiny Jag decided to pull from this fest after learning of this um, issue. And her quote was, I was immediately enraged just because I'm biracial. I have a family member that would have had to, under those circumstances, been subjected to something that would not ever want them to be in, especially not because of anything that I have going on. Uh, she's referring to her grandmother. Her grandmother is white. A lot of so- quote, a lot of songs that I perform from my first project called Polly, that is my grandmother's name. How do you want me to come to a performance and perform these songs off a mixtape that is titled after a white woman that you would have charged double to get in here? Like, it's just outrageous for, from so many different angles. She continued, quote, it's not, it's non-progressive. It's not solution-focused in my eyes. It seems almost like it has spite, and unfortunately with spite comes hate, and that's just not obviously going to be good, a good direction for us to go if we're looking for positive change. It's not fun to withdraw out of shows, especially at home, especially in your hometown, and especially when your supporters have been so good to you. But it also, but it is, it's also not fun to do that to my fellow black women. Like, that sucks too. 
it sucks that this is a thing that's put a wedge here. Um, it seems like they've um, they've walked back on this the after after the outrage. They've they the the festival looks like they've walked back on it, and now all tickets are going to be equally priced. But it doesn't uh, solve the problem for the tickets that they've already sold. Also, shout out to Zuby. Um, he was uh, he tweeted out his um, his support for her prop. Quote, oh, his tweet was props to Tiny Jaguar for standing up on principles and pulling out of the performance. Want people to recognize that. Um, now, this whole festival was uh, developed on um, <clears throat> pushing forward equality. Again, this is like the theme of the this episode is equality. Um, from their uh, from their website, from their Eventbrite page, um, organizers presented the racially discriminatory pricing model as a way to give quote the most marginalized community a chance to attend the event. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm, fo- I'm following you here. But this is a direct quote from their Eventbrite page. Equality means treating everyone the same. Equity is ensuring everyone has what they need to be successful. Our ticket structure was built to ensure that the most marginalized compu- uh, communities, uh, parentheses, people of color, are provided with an equitable chance at enjoying events in their own community. Quote, I'm sorry, uh, parentheses, black Detroit. Affording joy and pleasure is unfortunately still a privilege in our society for POC persons of color, and we believe everyone should have access to receiving such. We've seen too many times orgasmic events happening in Detroit and other POC-populated communities, and what constantly happens is people outside of the community benefiting most from the affordable ticket prices because of their proximity to wealth. This cycle disproportionately displaces black and brown people from enjoying and entertaining in their own communities, as an Afrofuturist youth lead initiative, the voice of our youth inform our resistance. Here's what they have to say. Quote, if you don't see my blackness, you don't see me, period. I don't quite follow the ending. But nonetheless, it was all deve- this pricing model was developed on equality when it's actually completely unequal. If you want to give everyone an opportunity to to attend your event, if that's what your if that's what your 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 mantra is, or that's your dogma, then just make your tickets affordable. It's it's quite simple. Just make your tickets affordable for everyone, for everyone, regardless of the color of your skin. This this helps no one. This sets us back, ladies and gentlemen. This sets us back. This is reverse. This is a reverse model again. History should be used to show us how wrong we are. It should be used to show us what we've done right. And this, this is what we did years ago. This is what we did years ago, just in reverse. That was wrong back then. It is still wrong today. So kudos for a biracial woman. Uh, to pull from this, and I know it's very hard for her. That, that was her hometown. She grew up in the neighbor in, in the neighborhood that this event's going on in. That's a that's a big move, and it's the right move. Maybe not pulling out. Maybe maybe she could have just you know voiced her displeasure, and then they would have made it all equal. That could have worked. <clears throat> but I, I I completely sympathize with her. This is a tough decision. This is not an easy decision to make. But this shows that this is wrong. This is wrong. This doesn't help anyone. 
you're just reinforcing that thought that there is this 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 horrible divide. And and yes, on, on some levels there is a divide. I'm not arguing against that divide. I'm saying by doing this and going, this is for equality, and no, it's not. It's not. You are you are driving that wedge just a little bit further. You are doing what you are arguing against. In no way, shape, or form is this okay. I, I mean, I, a non-POC ticket? Come on. Come on. Oh, Jesus Christ. <sighs> just working through the articles. We're just working through the articles. <coughs> Gone a couple of weeks without... without Talking about Alexandria, Ocasio Cortez, Cortez. Oh Jesus! Now she's got it with Nancy Pelosi. Now she's fighting with the lady that is at the head of her political party. You have you have literally you fought with Trump. You have fought with Jeff Bezos, and now you're fighting within. You single-handedly, single-handedly had caused Amazon to pull out of their headquarters 2.0 in Queens, New York. 25,000 jobs lost. Lost. Because you sent out an illogical tweet. You hate the president, which you're, you're, you're on the other side, so that's, that's no surprise, right? And now, now you got it with Nancy Pelosi. I, I look, I, 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 I denervate a lot of the leftists, but I do have a ton of respect for Nancy Pelosi. She's very, she's very methodical, and she's she's a very smart woman. She's a very smart woman. You you didn't like when she said we're not going to pursue impeachment. Why? Because there's nothing there. There's nothing there. You think AOC thinks that if she can just drum up this shit on Inst- on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. That that's that's that that is a representation of our country, and it is not. It is not. New York City, Los Angeles, San Francisco, Portland, Portland, Oregon, Seattle, Washington. These are not representations of the country as a whole. You forget that there's this thing called the Midwest, the Missouris. The Arkansas, the Kansases, the Louisianas. Forget about you know you, you forget about the South. Well, with the exception of Miami, right? And that's 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 where a large portion of our population is is there, and they don't believe in a lot of things that you think or say. So she attacked uh, Nancy Pelosi. She called Nancy Pelosi a racist, essentially. Essentially, she called her a racist and then walked back on it. But that's exactly what she meant. She's like a, and this is a compliment. She is the greatest subliminal message politician right now. She says little curps without saying the actual words. And then it just gets in someone's brain and you go, man, man, maybe, maybe, maybe Pelosi is a racist. I don't know. She is a white elderly woman, you know. She, uh, she claims that, uh. Pelosi's targeting her, singling her out. What was the quote? I think sometimes people think that we have a relationship, Ocasio said of uh, Pelosi. Not particularly. 
The last time I spoke to her on one-on-one -on -one was when she asked me to join the select committee on climate change. I was assigned to some of the busiest committees and four subcommittees, so my hands are full, and sometimes I wonder if they're trying to keep me busy. Oh, you think? You think? You think that they're trying to keep you busy? Of course they are. The less you talk, the better for everyone. She suggested to the Washington Post, also fuck the Washington Post. When these comments first started, I kind of thought that she was keeping the progressive, uh, the progressive flank at more of an arm's distance in order to protect more moderate members, which I understood, but the persistent, the persistent singling out, it got to the point where it was just outright disrespectful, the explicit singling out of a newly elected woman of color. Huh. Huh. What a way to phrase that one. You're singling out a woman of color. What do you think you're trying to say, idiot? And these remarks be uh, came after Pelosi finally talked out about the, uh, they call them the squad. Um, the squad, the four, the four way leftist uh, new congresswomen. Uh, AOC, Ilhan Omar, and then two others. Ah, Pelosi, uh, what did she say? <clears throat> Quote, all these people have their public whatever and their Twitter world, but they didn't have any following. They're four people, and that's just how many votes they got. <laughs> oh! God damn, Pelosi. That is why I respect you. That is a fantastic quote. Fantastic quote. God, that... You know AOC was not happy about that one. I don't I don't know if I talked about this last week, but those photos of her at the at the quote at the those photos of her in the all white standing at the fence uh that was supposed to be a quote detention center for at the southern border, those were staged. That was in a parking lot. And then she's like, no, those weren't staged. And then there was a video. Uh, you know, It wasn't just photos of how staged it was. And then, and then uh, somehow someone got a hold of the video. It's 100% uh, her. It's 100% staged. Pelosi echoed a similar sentiment in April saying, quote, while there are people who have a large number of Twitter followers, what's important is that we have a large number of votes on the floor in the House. Boom, 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 shots fired. Shots fired. So you're contending with a group of a group in Congress. Over here on the left flank are these self-described socialists. On the right, these moderates, host Leslie Stahl said in the interview with Pelosi. And you yourself said you're the only one who can unify everyone. And the question is, can you? Pelosi responded by a large, whatever orientation they came to Congress with, they know that we have to hold the center that we have to go down the mainstream. You have these wings, AOC and, the, and her group on one side. Leslie responded to AOC and then AOC said, uh, I'm sorry, she responded to Pelosi and Pelosi said, that's like five people. Yeah, so for anybody that thinks that these people are, these two women are friends, you're, you're absolutely inaccurate. They actually probably borderline hate each other. Um... But man, ah, Dan Crenshaw with a fire back on Twitter. I actually really like Dan Crenshaw. 
Um, he was an ex-Marine, Special Forces, I believe he's Special Forces, and uh, he lost his eye in combat, um, then came home, had to get, uh, he was forcibly retired because of uh, his injury, his injuries, <clears throat> came back after the eye and then did another tour. Uh, he, they, they, they pushed him into retirement because of a culmination of injuries, got his ass into graduate school at Harvard, and is now a congressman. Um, just a very smart, very, very well-spoken man. Um, he tweeted at Pelosi, Madame Speaker, welcome to the true nature of identity politics, where you're accused of being racist for no reason at all, and where the intellectually lazy insults are used against you as a way to replace substantive debate of your argument or idea. Perfect. Perfect. Pelosi thinks opposite, and then you, oh, you're singling me out because I'm a person of color? All right, all right, all right, AOC, there we go. Subliminal, baby, you're subliminal. Oh, man. She is a piece of work. She's a piece of work. Her chief of staff, I cannot pronounce his name, um, Shakat Chakrabarti. Uh, was photographed wearing a T-shirt the other day. On the T-shirt was uh, Sabas Chandra Bose. And I know the average person isn't going to know who that is. Uh, I'm not, not trying to be disrespectful, but that person was a Nazi sympathizer. Uh, Bose met with Hitler in 1942, later praising Hitler's rule in 1944, saying that India's government should be a synthesis between national socialism and communism, Bose fancied himself as a world leader like Hitler and Mussolini. So congratulations for wearing a Nazi sympathizer's T-shirt. Took a page out of your book. AOC just um, just gave a subliminal message. Now, now I've implanted it in your mind. Um, but seriously, uh, <clears throat> she made a comment this week. And that I think is egregious on so many levels. So many levels. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, stated that the entire Department of Homeland Security, the, DH the DHS, should be eliminated. Just taken right off the books. Uh, the DHS was created after 9-11, which resulted in the deaths of 1,000 Americans. It is designed to help prevent attacks and deal with threats against the U.S. Now, granted, Department of, Department of Homeland Security hasn't done the greatest of jobs, but it's one, but it, we have avoided a terrorist attack since then, so something is working. Um, Department of Homeland Security also has a lot of sub uh, subgroups attached to it. I believe their national, I'm sorry, their yearly budget is $45 uh, billion dollars. If we were, sorry, did not mean to cough right into the mic. Um, if the DHS is eliminated, that would also bring it into the U.S. Citizens and Immigration Services, the United States Coast Guard, United States Customs and Border Protection, Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, Federal Emergency Management Agency, also known as FEMA, the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center, the United States Immigrations and Customs Enforcement, the United States Secret Service, the Transportation Security Administration, also known as TSA, Management Dictorate, Science and Technology Dictorate, 
Countering Weapons of Mass Destruction Office, Office of Intelligence and Analysis, and the Office of Operations Coordination. DHS has five core goals, which includes preventing terrorism, enhancing security, securing and managing the border, enforcing and administrating immigration laws, safeguarding the securing cyberspace, and ensuring, ensuring resilience to disasters. Um, the only one on there that I have a real issue with um, is FEMA, because they've just dropped the ball continuously in disaster relief. Um, but it, it, if we dissolve the Department of Homeland Security, that would cause, I think, 200,000 lost jobs in the U.S. And again, I just listed 15 agencies that would also go away. The Secret Service, uh, hello. Uh, the U.S. Coast Guards, uh, fuck off. Uh, Customs and Border, well, who's going to be there at, at the airports? Uh, ICE, I mean, yeah, <clears throat> whether you uh, like what ICE does or doesn't, uh, that it's no here, no there, but they serve a purpose. Ilan Homar, again, one of the one of the core members of the squad, uh, tweeted out hashtag not a dollar for DHS. This is a terrible thing. This is a terrible thing. This is a terrible thing to say. She borders on uh, she borders at times as as just unpatriotic and anti-American, and I don't know if people realize that. She really, she really, she steps on that line. I don't, I don't. I, no wonder Pelosi keeps you busy because you say shit like this. People don't believe this. Yes, maybe your Twitter followers do because they're indoctrinated with your bullshit. But the average American doesn't believe in this shit. And I can't wait till your term is up and someone fucking unseats you. I can't imagine her winning a re-election. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, the queenie. God, she's a beautiful old lady. 92 and fucking just slinging dick. She just slings cock. She opens her mouth and every motherfucker's got to listen. Dictator, not 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 my forte like my freedoms, uh, but man, slinging old lady cock. Uh, she said that she will within two years hand over uh, her powers to Prince Charles. Good looking man. Good-looking motherfucker. Her Majesty... No, I'm sorry, not 92. 93. Her Majesty turned 93 in April. Man. That's a, that's a big one. I mean, it's, it's been in the works for... It's been talked about for years, so finally, it looks like it will, it will occur in, in about two years when she hits 95. I wonder how long she's going to live. I bet you she's going to live a fuck ton. 105, 10, maybe even 20. She looks fucking great. Fucking great. Speaking of looking great, I was watching Wimbledon. Fucking David Beckham in there. He always looks wonderful. I am not gay, but that is a beautiful fucking man. I want to know where he gets his suits at. Never going to be able to afford them, but love to know. Always looks fucking beautiful. And his wife, gang, gang. 
Um, little update on New Zealand. New Zealand, after the um, the horrible uh, mass shooting that took fifty one innocent lives, they a couple about a week later uh, announced a uh, complete gun reform, as they called it, gun reform. They just basically abolished <coughs> um, a ban on all military-style semi-automatic weapons, blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of things. We talked about this at nauseum. Um, but a report is coming out that New Zealand gun owners aren't giving up their guns. They're not giving up their weapons. Uh, mostly, most of the known gangs in New Zealand said, absolutely not, we're not giving up our firearms. Um, and only about 20% of people so far have, have actually turned them back in with uh, leaving 80% of citizens that were gun owners still with their firearms. Uh, it, when, you do, when you do things like this, um, obviously, immediately, the gangs are going to tell you, we're not giving them back. So as a citizen, then you go, well, if I give my firearm back, what happens? What, what, what happens? So gangs will still have guns, and I can't do anything to defend myself? Well, that's not cool. That's not okay. So they they have more protection than I do? Nah, I'm not giving it back. And that's exactly what we have here. The gangs immediately said, nope, not doing it. So 80% of the citizens are still holding on to their firearms. Now, granted, it's not all because of the gang. Obviously, some just, they believe in ownership of guns. Um, but yeah, it looks like only about 20% have given them back. And it looks like the only real way <clears throat> is to actually go door to door. It looks like they might they might begin going door to door. And that just that that it's not okay. It's not okay. Uh, the latest numbers show that just 700 weapons have been turned in. There are currently 1.5 million firearms in New Zealand. 700 turned in versus 1.5 million. Great job. Great job. It's not not going to work. Not going to work. Oh, man. Man, man, man. So fuck Starbucks. Let's get onto some just regular news. Fuck Starbucks. I'm a frequenter of Buddy Brew Coffee in Tampa. I actually just stopped by this week at a Ginger Beard. Very, very good, uh, earthy cold brew. It was wonderful. Um, but police officers in Tempe, Arizona, uh, say they were asked to leave a Starbucks coffee shop on the 4th of July because a come up, I cut, yeah, because a customer complained they did not feel safe with the cops present. Eh? Eh? You don't feel safe because the cops are there with, with, with firearms because that's their job. Their, 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 their sole job is to protect you and you don't feel safe. Five officers were drinking coffee at Starbucks location prior to their shift beginning when a barista asked them to move out of the complaining customer's line of sight or else leave, the Tempe Officers Association wrote in a series of Twitter messages. Rob Ferrero, president of the police union, told Fox 10 of Phoenix that such treatment of police officers seems to be happening more often these days. You're fucking stupid. 
Sorry. Sorry. You're fucking stupid. No, 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 no. Like, I have, I have patience for stupid people. You're fucking ignorant if you think, if you walk into an establishment and you think the presence of a police officer makes you feel even less safe. It, it doesn't make any fucking sense to me. It doesn't make any sense to me. And fuck off Starbucks on actually complying with this stupid cunt. What you should have done is told that bitch to get the fuck out. I'm sorry. When a police officer walks in, I feel safe. I'm like, shit can hit the fan. Shit can hit the fan right now. And it's even better if it's like in a sketchy location. Let's say you're eating. I've said this before. Food in sketchy areas of town tastes better. There's danger in that meat. A, a, a cat might fly off and you're like, oh man, this fucking, this pierogi tastes even better. This arroz con pollo is just a little more succulent. There's something about a little bit of danger when you're having a little bit of food and that's sustenance. But for you to fucking at any moment think that the police officers are just are make you feel even less safe, that is just that... Fuck you. Fuck you. Pack your shit and get out. Get out. Can we de- can we deport people like that? Can we can we can we please? <sighs> it's crazy. It is crazy that people think this. And then Starbucks to allow this to occur? Fuck off. How do you feel how do you, how do how do you feel uncomfortable? Cause there's a gun within twenty feet of you, it's in the hands of a police officer. And of all places, Tempe fucking Arizona. Starbucks, you should be absolutely unequivocally ashamed of yourself. Your coffee is better than Duncan, though. Duncan can suck it. Duncan fucking sucks. Oh man, where are we at? I said, I said we're gonna make this a quick one. We're at one fourteen. Obviously, not gonna do that. <clears throat> a Massachusetts teen, shout out Mass, baby. Massachusetts teen was sentenced to life in prison for murdering a high school classmates. For, a high, for murdering a high school classmate whose decapitated body was found on a riverbank in 2016. Um, hmm. The 18-year-old was found... I'm not going to release any of the names. You can look this up if you'd like. The 18-year-old was found guilty in May of first-degree murder in the death of a, his 16-year-old classmate. In court on Tuesday, the Supreme Court judge sentenced him to the harshest penalty available, which is life in prison, because he was charged uh, originally when he was a... He was a minor when he committed the crime. He was 15. He'll be eligible eligible for parole in 30 years. <clears throat> so, uh, during the trial, prosecutors said that uh, he sent... Uh, the, the, the guilty party sent his girlfriend a text message on November 17th, 2016 that stated, the next time you see me, look at my eyes because that's the last time they'll be like that. They'll be dead. About 24 hours later, 
the victim was reported missing. Almost two weeks later, a person was walking his dog behind his home along the Merrimack River in Lawrence, Mass., where he made the grim discovery. <clears throat> the victim had been decapitated and both of his hands were missing. It seems that this this murder uh, was done because the victim began dating the guilty party's uh, ex-girlfriend. You know what it is to be 15 years old and just go decapitate someone because they're dating your ex-girlfriend? What the fuck? What the fuck? That is insane. That is insane. I've been broken up with plenty of times, broken up with people. Never once did I want to, never once did I even come close to even getting angry. Maybe that's just me. Maybe I'm just a, not a good person. Maybe I should care more. But to be that heartbroken at 15 that you decapitate someone? Jesus. Well, now you're going to be in prison for at least 30 years. Good behavior, maybe. Maybe get out in 30. Um, let's get back to the let's get back to shitting on social justice warriors. We'll wrap it up here in a minute. Uh, uh shout out to Stranger Things season three. That was wonderful. Wonderful season. Um, but people have been really uh really mad at Netflix. They're mad about the uh, they're mad at the amount of smoking that they show in their shows. Not the fact that they have shows based on drugs and with teenagers and selling drugs, teenagers and offering sex education and fucking and sucking. Not because they have shows that uh, that depict teen suicide. Um, but because they show too much smoking. Now, there's people that believe that Netflix exploits teen suicide, which uh, they're referring to the show 13 uh, Reasons Why. I think it's a wonderful show. Uh, there was a spike when the first season came out for that for that first month in teen suicides. There was. There, it, it was like a 29% spike. I think it's a good show. I think it's very tasteful, and I think it teaches children a lesson on the severities of, you know, contemplation, uh, taking one's life, suicidal ideation, depression. I don't, I don't like to think that they exploit it, but there, there was, there was a systematic increase in teen suicides during the first month that that show came out. So it's hard to not say that sometimes. Um, Netflix threatens to boy, has, has threatened to boycott Georgia over the, over their abortion laws. Uh, they've also denounced the word uh, chick flick. They think it's offensive. But people are mad that <clears throat> that they have too much smoking in their shows. Netflix said, quote, Netflix will cut back on its depiction of smoking in its shows in the wake of a report that called out the streamer for the number of instances in which characters use tobacco in shows like Stranger Things. Going forward, all projects that we commission with ratings of TV 14 or below uh, for series or PG 13 or below for films 
will be smoking an e-cigarette free except for reasons of historical or factual accuracy. Um, Netflix also said, quote, Netflix strongly supports artistic expression. We also recognize that smoking is harmful and when portrayed positively on screen can adversely influence um, young people. <sighs> Stranger Things is a show historically in the mid-80s where smoking was popular. Smoking advertisements uh, harped on how cool it was. It would behoove them not to do the same. If you're doing a historical piece, it should be as close to it as possible. I don't understand this outrage. I, I, I don't. I feel like I feel like people are just like, oh, let's just. What are we going to be outraged about today? This is, this is the theme of our country. How how can we be outraged today? I should. We should. Oli and I might even start a separate podcast each week. Where, or maybe we'll just do it like once a month. And and how do we become offended this month? And we just look at all of the things that people have been offended with for the last 30 days. Because I swear we can keep a fucking running list. We can keep a running list. That should be the title. That should be the, we should start a new podcast. I'm, tr I'm, I'm, uh, if anybody uh, develops this, uh, I'm going to sue you. Because my property now. It's going to be called. How to get offended. It's stupid. It's, it's a, it, I, don't, I, don't, I don't like smoking. Never smoked a cigarette in my life. I don't like it. I think it's gross. It's disgusting. It's disgusting when a man does it. It's disgusting when a woman does it. But I'm not going to get mad when, it's a, when the, show set, the third season set in 1984 and 85 and they're smoking constantly. Who gives a fuck? It's the stupidest shit possible. Get 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 mad about other things. <sighs> What's this? Oh, and then Evan Rachel. Evan Rachel Wood. <clears throat> She's the star of Westwood, which is another fantastic show. Uh, she called out Stranger Things uh, for Hopper's toxic behavior. Hopper is the is one of the main characters. He's the police officer in the show. And uh, after watching the third season, she jumped on that tweeter machine and, quote, you should never date a guy like the cop from Stranger Things, like if no one was going to figure out who the fuck she was talking about. Quote, Extremely, extreme jealousy and violent rages are not flattering or sexy like TV would have you believe. That is all. Cool. I don't disagree. Also, again, this is in the fucking 80s. Yes, that doesn't make it right, but we need history to remind ourselves of what not to do. And back then, a character like Hopper, a, a, an attitude like Hopper, was sexy. I'm sorry. That's just what it was. It's wrong, but you should not be mad at this. This is fiction. It's a fucking story about aliens, you dumb bitch. You, you, you dated Marilyn Monroe for, I'm sorry, Marilyn Manson for years. The fuck are you? Fuck. 
fans uh, the series snap back at Woods for overreacting to a television series. She responded on Twitter, quote, Yes, I am aware it's just a show, and it's set in the 80s, even though this stuff was unacceptable then too, but that's exactly my point. It's just a show, and this is a gentle reminder not to fall in this crap in real life. Red flags galore. Great. Great, then, then why are you fucking complaining? Why, why are you complaining? Why are you complaining? Why I just Twitter's dangerous at night, man. If y'all if you're if you're one of those people that gets on Twitter and just tweets out dumb shit, just stop doing it. If you open up Twitter past eight PM, you're doing something wrong with your life. Unless you you know, you're just tweeting about sports. Because those are usually safe. You get on Twitter at eight PM on an ambient and a little bit of alcohol. Go ask Roseanne how that worked out. Also, I cannot laugh at the people assume assuring me it's just how this show, but you can't. That's not a sentence, or Evan. That's not a sentence. It's not a sentence. But yeah, her, she likes to jump on those fucking soapboxes all the time about social issues. And she's a self-described uh, hardcore feminist. So anytime I get a chance to just show how illogical her thought is, it's great. Let's wrap this thing up. This really wasn't, uh, yeah, I don't even remember what I talked about. <sighs> let's see if anything else going on. Let's, let's get a little new. Oh, R. Kelly was arrested uh, a little bit ago. Yeah, that's, that was, a lot, was one of the things I wanted to say. R. Kelly. Yeah, he was arrested finally. He was walking his dog and they finally picked him up. He's back in that jail. That's where they need to keep his stupid ass. Keep his fucking ass in jail. That's where he deserves to be. That's it. That's where you should be, bud. Fly. I believe I can fly. Fly right to prison, baby. Um, we have our merch up. We'll uh, have the the link in our in our description of this episode down. Our merch is up. Uh, there's a promo code that just dropped today that I will post up. It's free shipping. So get on that. We have free shipping for I think the next two weeks. Uh, we have promo codes for like the until the end of the year. So every couple of weeks we'll have a new one, and it'll go for either fourteen or twenty-one days. Uh, Sister Bay was here on this episode. She was sitting next to me. She's actually uh, she's writing she's writing speeches now for her appearances. Uh, she's going to be the first politician ever to write her own speeches, of which then I will I myself or Oli will translate. You know because. She's going to be the first president that doesn't speak traditional English. Um, but yeah, I got actually some Sister Bay t-shirts this week, and they are very comfortable. Uh, the TB Cow t-shirt should be coming this week. so um, And it's the same quality shirt, so those are, that was really, uh, that was good. Um, our sponsor that we talked about a few weeks ago, Tiso, finally got, they finally sent me some stuff. I actually got it today. Uh, I did a little video, probably post that up. Once our custom URL is uh, activated, we'll uh, let you all know on how to get discounts on those travel book bags, travel backpacks. It's a heck of a bag. Um, But yeah, I think that's it. I think that's all we got. At least that's all I got. Oli will be back 
possibly next week, but he is slated to be out until uh, Monday or Tuesday. I Hopefully I'll get back on schedule and we'll get the episodes back on Monday or Tuesday to get back on track. Um, God, I got to write down notes. I'm getting dumb. I'm getting dumber by the every day that goes by. I forget things. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's it. Too sweet.